This is Design 30. Welcome to yet another Design 30 podcast. This is my podcast where I provide design tools and strategies to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design confidence in just 30 minutes or less. Today, I have some exciting news, actually. We have our first sponsor of the podcast, and that sponsor is Viper Outdoor Tools. And so full disclosure, I've actually worked on a lot of the designs for Viper Outdoor Tools, and it's been an incredible experience and a ton of fun. But take that into account, Um, I am biased. But yeah, Viper Outdoor Tools is the first sponsor of the podcast. So you can find them at viperoutdoortools.com. You can subscribe to their newsletter on their website. And then you can also find them on Instagram. And that's Viper Outdoor Tools. Well, at Viper Outdoor Tools. And if you follow them there, you will be able to stay up to date on the current product offerings and when new products are released. As of now, there is a camping trowel that is ready for purchase. And then you can also pre-order some other products. So make sure to go to their website and check that out. All right, now let's dive into today's episode. To start, I want you to think about your favorite products, whether that's a phone, a car, uh, maybe it's a chair or a pen, or even something as simple as a blender. What is it about this product that makes you like it? Is it how the product feels in your hand? Is it uh, how easy it is to use? Is it the comfort that you feel either when you sit in the chair or you sit in the front seat? Is it the overall style of the product? Is it the way it looks in your driveway? Or perhaps it's the way it looks as it sits in your kitchen or in your room. Often it can be fairly difficult to put into words why we love any specific product. Something that can help us understand this relationship though uh, with the products in our lives is what is called the aesthetic usability effect. And in research, you may see this referred to as apparent usability versus inherent usability. But as of late, I've seen quite a few people talking about it as the aesthetic usability effect. So what does this actually mean? What is this effect? Well, in short, I would summarize it as we assume the best about things that look good. And that's probably an oversimplification, um, but I think it is fairly accurate. Uh, If you uh, look at a more... Uh, uh, probably more professional definition. I have one I pulled from my book. It's uh, I've referenced it a few times before called the it's universal principles of design 
by William Lidwell. And in that book, it's described as aesthetic designs are perceived as easier to use than less aesthetic designs. And so that's also a fairly simple definition, but essentially what they're saying is when a product looks good to us, we assume we'll be able to understand its use and understand how to use it better. Uh, Overall, there's a certain likability that humans have for products that look good. Um, It's a somewhat inherent uh, interaction with the product and it immediately creates a more uh, positive attitude towards that product. As the user, it tends to put you more at ease. Um, It puts you in a mental space where you're more forgiving of the actual problems that the product may have. Um, and this is primarily a product of you being in a better, you know, or having a better attitude uh, simply based on the look of the product and how that makes you feel about it. Uh, and when you're feeling at ease with the product, you are typically less stressed. Uh, and this improves your ability to be creative and your overall willingness to problem solve. Uh, And so when you do run into issues with that product, uh, you're in a lot better mental space to actually uh, approach those issues with creativity and a willingness to work through them. However, on the other hand, when you have a product with poor aesthetics, uh, it can lead to some fairly bad consequences. Um, So as this principle implies, Uh, Something with good aesthetics creates um, benefits for your product. So as you would guess, something with bad or poor aesthetics is going to lead to some poor outcomes for you. And part of that is it's going to create negative emotions, which is going to create a negative attitude uh, from the start when a customer or a user interacts with your product. Um, There's a presumption that it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult to understand. Um, It's going to be more difficult to use. This might slightly raise someone's stress or tension when they're interacting with the product. And that right there is setting them up to be less creative and less open to problem solving if they do end up running into any sort of issues with your product. And this leads to another quote from the Universal, Universal Principles of Design that I wanted to bring up in this episode. And they say, it is common for people to name and develop feelings towards designs that have fostered positive attitudes, e.g. naming a car. And rare for people to do the same with designs that we have fostered negative attitudes. Such personal and positive relationships with a design evoke feelings of affection, loyalty, and patience all significant factors in long-term usability and overall success of a design. So right there, you can see one of the huge benefits of having, a, of having an aesthetic design is you create an affection between the user and the product, and that leads to uh, some brand loyalty, uh, well, product loyalty, and then perhaps from that brand loyalty, And then it also sets people up to be more patient with the design. So they're more willing to work through any potential issues uh, that they run into. 
So a few companies that came to the top of my head when I think about the aesthetic usability effect are companies like, obviously, Tesla. Their cars look incredible and all of the features on the inside and this giant touchscreen and it all just has a very slim, sleek, um, attractive look that it just kind of puts you at ease. It makes you assume that this product was well designed, it was well thought out, and therefore more likely to be uh, user-friendly. And it, it has such a cool spaceship sort of feel. You're willing to look, work through issues and to actually gain a good understanding of how to use it so you can impress your friends. It's something that you want to be proud of and honestly, you want to show off. And then also think of you know companies like Apple. Uh, I think we, by now, are all well aware of uh, how awesome the aesthetics of Apple products are and how much detail, obviously, Steve Jobs put into the design of initial Apple products and how that detail uh, still shows itself in just these beautiful, you know, these beautiful products that we all have in our pockets. Um, and then other companies, uh, Patagonia was another one I thought of. Uh, Sonicare toothbrush is just a, a nice aesthetic, well-designed toothbrush. And it puts you at ease that it was designed with, with good design principles and with the user in mind. And then there's products like Nike running shoes. I've had personally ugly shoes and I notice, or at least I seem to notice every single ache and pain and parts of the shoe that don't quite feel right on different parts of my feet. And I'm kind of overanalyzing. I'm almost looking for a reason not to like the shoes. But then when I have, let's say a fancy pair of Nikes, I feel great in them for the most part. And I hold on to them for years, even if they hurt my feet. I'm looking for ways to you know, come up with uh, excuses to keep the shoes because I like the way they look so much. Um, but but there is a limit to this. Uh, for example, I won't name the brand, I don't think. Well, maybe I will. But so I bought a pair of shoes from a company called Allbirds, and I think they make great products. However, the shoes I bought just had a little bit too soft of a sole uh, that... It, it just didn't work very well with my feet, but I loved the way the shoes looked. They had a great aesthetic about them. So I tried it for a long time to make these shoes work. I came in with a very positive attitude about these shoes. I'd also been told about them from a friend who highly recommended them and they worked great for his feet. So I gave it, it was somewhere around one to two weeks and really wanted these shoes to work. So I worked through all these different you know, different pains I thought would go away. I kept giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and then eventually it was just too much. So I did end up returning them. All of that to say, just because something does look good, obviously the usability of it and the overall performance is still really important. People aren't going to uh, work through all of the uh, problems and issues of a poorly designed product just because it looks good. Uh, another example that came to my mind on that was I had mentioned earlier already, or just a minute ago, Tesla and how incredible their their cars are. And I think we're all well aware of that. But recently, <clears throat> they have been running into some longer lead times. Uh, it's been harder to get your vehicle serviced. And things like that, I'm sure they will address. 
But when things of that nature keep popping up, it does make you as a consumer or as a user, uh, you can start to grow a little bit wary and you will only put up with so much of that until you move on to another company. So obviously the look draws you in and maybe gets you involved, but you still have to follow that up with a good performing product, um, good customer service, all of those things that go into uh, the full product life cycle. And that's how you draw people in to initially interact with your product. And then all of your good design principles and user-centered design is what keeps them there long-term builds loyalty to the product and overall or long-term loyalty to your brand. What does in the end, all of this show? Well, I think it's a pretty simple message and that really is aesthetics matter. Uh, You want to put in effort, design time, money into the look of your products because that's going to have a huge impact on the adoption of your product and building brand loyalty, as I just mentioned. Uh, It's something that it really shouldn't be overlooked. And as an engineer, sometimes I do tend to, well, myself and other engineers I've worked with, you get so wrapped up on the functionality of something you can overlook fairly quickly the aesthetics of it, or at least maybe those come second. Like it could be your mindset that as long as this thing works, people are going to buy it. And that's not always the case. Um, In fact, a lot of the time it's not the case. There's some products out there that work incredibly. They met all of the requirements that were set for them, but they had a look that really didn't draw people in. It wasn't that attractive. And those products can tend to fail fairly often. So a well-designed aesthetic of your product, it sets you up for success. Uh, Not only do people initially feel drawn to your product, uh, they give it the benefit of the doubt, they become more attached to it over time, and when they run into issues and problems and things to work through, they will tend to have more patience with those problems. So, Once again, going through some simple definitions just to hammer these home. What is the aesthetic usability effect? Well, essentially it says that aesthetic designs are perceived as easier to use than less aesthetic designs. And then there's my definition, which is, we assume the best about things that look good. Now, what is the design 30 discipline for this episode in relation to the aesthetic usability effect. Well, I'm keeping it pretty simple on this one. I essentially want you to just identify your top three favorite products that you have at home or at your work and then assess their aesthetics. What do they look like? How do you think these aesthetics have impacted your relationship with that product at first when you bought it and then your relationship with that product over time. Have you grown to like it more? Have you grown to like it less? And with that, think about what I've discussed here with the aesthetic usability usability effect and also do some of your own research into what it is and then decide if you think this is actually holding true for you with the products that you personally like and that are your, uh, your favorites from at home and at work. And that will bring this episode to a close. 
Um, once again, I want to give a quick shout out to Viper Outdoor Tools, our first sponsor of the podcast. Please go check out their website and their Instagram. I think you're really going to like some of these outdoor tools. Right now, they have some great camping tools that they're starting with. And yeah, I'd love people to go check them out, make a purchase, and then, of course, let us know um, how it goes and how you like the products. And as always, please feel free to reach out with any questions you may have. Uh, questions for me so reach out to at learn design 30 at gmail.com well just learn design 30 at gmail.com and then for the instagram you can find me at learn design 30 sign up for the Substack, and also subscribe to the youtube channel so with that i will officially end this episode As always, thank you so much for listening.